you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. A Dear Media original podcast. What's up and welcome to Wine Face, where we're breaking down everything the experts know about wine in a fun, digestible, and accessible way because wine is for enjoying and wine is for everyone. I'm your host, Helen Johannesson from Helen's Wines in beautiful Los Angeles, California. And I mentioned it a few weeks ago. We're going to deep dive on something I love and I'm obsessed with. And it's not one place, but it is a category of wine. That's right. Alpine wines. Talked about it in my spring trends episode. And so I thought, you know what? I think it's time we dig a little deeper. But yes, Alpine wines. It is definitely not terminology that is often used day to day for the casual drinker. I'm not sure restaurants are really being like, this is an Alpine wine. But you know what? I think it's a easily accessible way to teach people about wine and sort of a wine growing regions, making it fun. We feel like we're taking a chairlift. Let's do it. But we are literally referring to when we say alpine wines, referring to the altitude of a growing area, right? So alpine wines, you guessed it, we are drawing a straight line over to the Alps. And we're most famously referring to, in France, regions of Savoie, Bougie, and Jura. However, some do say that these are kind of subalpine, but you know what? We're keeping it in. We're keeping it in the category. It's getting a write-in, but it's only when you're comparing it to some of these other regions that are a little bit more alpine or higher elevation. When you're in Italy, we're talking about the Alto Adige and the Val d'Aoste. So that's in Italy. And we are talking about Switzerland, where the Valais, the Vaud, and Neuchâtel are all alpine wine growing regions. And then Berda in Slovenia, I also got to throw a quick mention because those wines are sick. That's a growing region that's also alpine. But the reason I want to talk about this is I think that alpine wines might actually be a perfect match for summer. Like they're all cooler climate because they're higher elevation, meaning doesn't get as hot, right? So they get sun, but the grapes aren't going to attain as much ripeness, so aka develop as much sugar. Oftentimes the wines are 
fresh, higher acid. They're super bright. And the red wines are really, really light. So, you know, for me, a light red is just my summer go-to. I can't handle anything too heavy, especially when it's hot outside. It just feels like hot and heavy and not in like the good way. You know what I mean? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay. Yeah, we're not going there. This is not wine plus sex episode, which we could do. I don't know. Does anybody want that episode? I mean, I could bring in a sexpert, which is literally any human being who has sex. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So we'll get back to that. If you have comments on that though, please comment (laughs) and let me know. But let's touch on each country first. But there's one thing that really connects all these things. They have in the Venn diagram of Alpine wine. And you guessed it. It's the Alps. It's that mountain range in Europe, the Alps, which is so cool. Like the Alps is so cool to stay. I would love to like go to a bar that's called the Alps. But listen, the Alps is amazing. It's one of nature's wonders, a result of like continents crashing together and lots of like adjusting of the core of the earth. The Alps came to be. They actually span six different countries. And at their highest, they are over 15 thousand feet high in the air, which is just insane. The Alps, like the name the Alps, is derived from the word alpage, which means pasture land. And so while we all might think the Alps and we think snow-capped mountains and like impassable, you know, peaks. And we're thinking like Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. I don't know if he was ever in the Alps, like snowmobiles and shit like that. There's actually a shit ton of tillable soil and available terraces for vines to grow. And this is why we're talking about Alpine wines, because it's the reality. I would also love to mention there are some other regions we're not talking about today that are higher in elevation. And it's not that I wouldn't call them an Alpine wine. It's just they're they're more subregions and they kind of ride on the coattails using grapes of more famous regions around them. And I think what's really cool and special about Alpine wines is we're talking and tasting and thinking about grapes that you don't really find grown at normal elevations. One region would be like Valtellina, which is near Lake Cuomo. It's higher in elevation, but not quite Alpine height. So I just wanted to call that out because that is a very special part of Lombardy. And I would love to go there and spend lots of time. So let's manifest that for all of us. But the common thread that all of these Alpine regions have is that they're all kind of growing similar white wines and light bodied reds producing higher acid whites, minerally reds, and some of the grape varietals, as I just said, they're really exclusive to these regions. Now, that's not to say that some people might be planting some of them in different areas. It's just maybe they're not like feeling themselves or striking a striking a pose. It's not the vogue area for them. But let's talk about a few of these little zones so we can kind of dig a little bit deeper. So the Jura, which I guess some people might argue is subalpine. And what I mean by subalpine is it's like right below what the cutoff. There is no like, okay, it has to be X amount of feet or higher to be an alpine region. I think it's just that like collectively, when you look at some of these areas, they're all at a certain elevation. And so we call them alpine wines. But the Jura is so special. It is 
a unique cultural part of France. It is a little bit higher in elevation. It's like soft rolling hills and babbling brooks. And it has its own kind of style of cuisine and cheese and definitely has its own unique expression of winemaking. However, like a lot of that is shifting as younger generations. The most famous wine that is made is this wine called Van Jean, and it's made from a grape called Sauvignon, which Sauvignon is a key player in Alpine wines, okay? Sauvignon will come up again, but it thrives in the Jura, and Van Jean is wine that's made from this one area called Chateau Chalon, and it's not Chateau, it's one hill where the Sauvignon grows. And then the best Sauvignon is made into this Vangeon, which is intentionally oxidized and kept in an oxidative state for a period of like usually 10 years or so. Anyway, these wines are bottled in like short little fat bottles and it's maybe lobster's perfect pairing. The wines are exquisite, but you got to kind of be down with that like waxy oxidized flavor. You should be thinking about sherry when I'm saying that, that kind of oxidation where it's not like funky. It's sort of like this kind of acidity that you can't put your finger on and it sort of takes your mouth to a umami state that you've never been to before. But people also make Sauvignon as just like still like regular white wine, but they also make non-Vangeon white oxidized wine out of Sauvignon. I mean, it's just like such a cool place, but the wines are always really fresh, really bright, really beautiful, incredibly balanced. And the oxidation kind of makes you feel like the wine took mushrooms or something. It's really, really rad, like a slight microdose on that Sauvignon. The Jura is also well known for producing wines made from Chardonnay as well, but it doesn't taste like Chardonnay you'd have in Burgundy. It's much leaner, much fresher, really, really special. And then for red wine, predominantly making wines from Pulsard, which is a really cool grape that's like impossibly light in the glass looking. Pulsard, Gamay, a little Gamay, a little Pinot Noir, a little bit of those three going on. So Jura is a key to my heart. It's spelled J-U-R-A, and it's so good. But Savoie, also in France, is probably my favorite Alpine region, if I had to pick one. It's nestled near Switzerland, but still in France. And the grape that takes center stage here is Altesse. Altesse is a white wine grape. It also goes by the name Roussette. And it is just kind of a perfect white wine. And it's so special because it only really excels and thrives in these higher elevation regions. When you plant Altesse at a lower elevation, sometimes it can ripen a little bit sweeter, which isn't bad. It's just, I like it when it's like high elevation, really lean, really beautiful, really blowing my mind all the time. The other white wine grape from Savoie is Jacquier. Those are super badass. Again, just have like beautiful, subtle flavor, white flowers and a little bit of fresh fruit, but not fruity. It's really just all about what's it's picking up from that hillside. You know, imagine you're just like walking through and there's juniper bushes and it's kind of cool breezes on your face. And then you're drinking a magical white wine made from Altesse. I mean, sounds like an ideal day for me. Red wine in Savoie would be made from Mondeuse, which usually produces like a light to medium bodied wine. Sometimes though, Mondeuse can take on this sort of like tire, like a 
a burnt rubber in a best possible scenario character, that is not a great descriptor, but it can be a little bit on the forest funky floor vibe, if you know what I mean. And not funky in a natural wine way, just sort of has this like out there sort of burnt rubber thing happening, which is really good with food. Northern Italy has some amazing gems like Prie Blanc is grown there, Muller Turgau, Sauvignon Blanc, Kerner. For red wine, Schiava, Pinot Noir, Cornelin, Gamay, Tourette. Also for white wine, Petit Arvine. So these areas are just capturing sort of this swath of grape and terroir expression that is all being optimized because of how high it's actually grown. Now, Listen, there's other places that are growing wine at high elevation. Like this is definitely just sort of Alpine wine 101. Where do we think about it? What do we think of when, as a psalm, I talk about that? But in California, it would be remiss not to mention that there are people who are bringing these grape varietals that I was just talking about and trying to cultivate them here. I think most famously, you know, people talk about like California Alpine wine and Iroi is most famously probably making the best examples of this. They're making wide wine in the Cascade range on Mount Shasta. And, yo, they're planting Trousseau, which is like a widely planted red grape in the Jura. They're planting Sauvignon. They're planting Pulsard. So they're taking these like alpine or sub-alpine region grapes, planting them here in what's really hard to cultivate landscape like Mount Shasta, the growing conditions are not easy, but the expression of these wines that they're making are absolutely mind-blowing. Maybe you all have had the blood and flowers or you've had the method Sauvage. So these are all the Iroi wines that are very culty and very hard to get we usually sell out of them immediately. And I think there's something that people are really registering with this style of wine. You know, it's new flavors. It's not the old Cab, the old Pinot, the old Chardonnay. You know, it's it's new, it's fresh, it's different, but it's actually really old and been around for a very long time. <laughs> As with everything in wine trends, it's like, it's new, it's cool, but it's actually like so OG that we can't even talk about it. I do also have to mention another area in California specifically. And now I'm just talking about California and Europe. We could totally get into Washington State and Oregon. There's some cool ass shit going on there. But Cambria, which is a coastal area that's just south, I believe, of Big Sur. Now, Cambria is super badass. And there's a guy there named Raj Parr, really, really amazing winemaker, former Somme just total wine guru badass. And he's actually planting a lot of these varietals, more specifically Jura focus, but he's planted Jura and Savoie, I would say. He's planted Mondeuse, he's planted Trousseau and Pulsard, and he has some of the white varietals that are in the mix. They're just not ready yet. And let me tell you, these wines are insane. It's called Phelan Farms, spelled with a P-H, P-H-E-L-A-N. And it between Iroi and Phelan Farms, like do yourself a favor and go find some of these California Alpine wines. Cambria wouldn't really be considered Alpine, but I would call it like, it could be like the Jura, sort of like that sub-Alpine region. Those are the two that I would have to call out domestically for being the most exciting. And I think the one thing that could be 
cool is to, you know, try wines from the Jura, try wines from the Savoie, Northern Italy, look up their food traditions when you want to think about immediate pairings, because really Europe does it best where they have these ingrained, like this is a perfect pairing and it's what grows here. And it's the grapes and the food or the animals or the vegetables or, you know, this cheese or sheep love these hills or whatever it is, you know, I highly recommend that. But I also think that all of these Alpine wines are perfect for any and all of your summer entertaining or just summer dinner with family and friends. It's probably my go-to and will be this entire summer long. I know we just scratched the surface on Alpine wines, but that's kind of what this podcast is about, right? We're just trying to give you little nuggets of knowledge. You take these nuggets out into the world, take it to your local wine shop and get some dope shit. And for everybody who's listening, you're entered in a chance to win a trip to the Alps with me. No, (laughs) someone sponsor us. American Express, are you out there? We all, Wine Face needs to go to the Alps. Maybe one day, y'all, maybe one day. But I know what I'm going to be drinking this weekend, and it is 100% going to be Sauvignon, one of my favorite white wine grapes of all time. So if you want to see what kind of Alpine wines we have at the shop, you know, head to our website, hollandswines.com, see the producers we love. Otherwise, I'll list some in the show notes as well. Because if I say them, it's kind of annoying and like, I don't want to spell everything out. No one wants to listen to that shit. Nobody wants to. Oh, and one sidebar I wanted to share with you. Last night, for the first time, I made spaghetti batarga or spaghetti with batarga. And it was intimidating because, you know, batarga is like a concentrated lobe of sea, like roe, I think fish roe, and not like caviar, just like other roe. And you grate it and like it crumbles. It's like preserved. It's so cool. But you essentially make pasta and then you make like this sauce with olive oil and chili flake. And I did it with garlic. And it was insane. I felt like I was in Sicily, which has nothing to do with Alpine wines, but Alpine wines would be so freaking good with that dish. And you add parsley and no cheese and it's no dairy. And it's really just a magical experience. But it helped me kick off what I'm so excited about this summer, which is freshness and vibey freshness. And let's enjoy the fruits tomorrow while we still can. I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but yo, it is dire out there. Save the oceans. All right, y'all. If you want to follow along more on my Botarga adventures at Helen's Wines on Instagram, also at Helen's Wines on TikTok. And I'm doing like fun little videos there. So come check me out. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend drinking Alpine wines. All right. Later, y'all. Bye.